go. Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster and I'm with the lovely... There's Flanagan standing in for the lovely Sandra Scott. Yeah, so Sandra's down south this week um, on business. Yeah. So um, Des has kindly given his time tonight um, to be our co-host, which I'm dead excited about. So she said hola or ciao or salute. Yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever you want to say um so our guest is dave mano who's, who's coming on but my fault i've uh, got his email address wrong so um we're just waiting for him so he'll come on in a minute um, on, and once guy. he's here he is so i think we'll let him come in so dave yeah. we are live i'm gonna let you in the studio but we are live and it's totally my fault i've put my hand up um to say that it's properly my bad so we are live so don't swear when you come in okay yeah. <laughs> Not that you would. Just Dave, just turn your phone that yeah, way if you can. It just makes you look like us. I'm gone. It'll just it'll just flip in a minute. I'm oh, upside you got your screen down. lock on, haven't you? Have you got your screen lock on? Oh yeah, I'm gone. One sec. There you go. Slick yeah. as ever, aren't we? <laughs> it's mm. not you, Dave. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, what am I doing here? I don't know where you've gone now, love. Um, oh, so Phil Mylot's listening in and he says hi Helen and Des and Mano because he's met everybody, hasn't he? He is, yeah. I've speaking to Phil before, by the way. Yeah, How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um so good evening, Phil. Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm there he That's is. all right. Uh, I'm Leave it that way. Is that okay? Yeah, that's sound. Yeah, that that we can still see you. We can still see you. Thank you so much for giving your time today. Massive apologies. I typed Dave's instead of putting hot mail, I put hot mill. Um, and so I sent you a lovely email this morning saying this is what we do and this is what we're gonna do and all that sort of stuff. And then right. you didn't get that, and then you didn't get the link. So totally my bad. Yeah, <laughs> hot <probably>. mill. <laughs> Did you say hot mill? Hot mill. Instead of hot mail, I missed the A. So put like <laughs> hot, milk. hot milk. Hot milk, yeah. Hot milk, yeah. Oh, well. um, right. So we do have a little format to the show, Dave. So we're yeah. just going to have to pick it up as we go along, okay? Of course, yeah. Was it mentally <laughs> so, in that this morning, was I? I sent it to you, but that, yeah. it's my bad. It's my bad. We'll wing it. It's all right. It was um, all explained in the email that you didn't get, Dave. The email was like this. It's like a big, massive email. Um, so the first thing we do is we shout out to the kids. So any little people who've done amazing things this week, okay? So I'm going to go first, um, just to give you a bit of time, Dave, to have a little think. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to shout out to all of the children in Fazakli Primary School. We visited the school mm -hmm. yesterday, and they were unbelievable. And we taught from nursery to year six. Nursery were just the most well-behaved, fab little people. Um, and then we did year one, we did year three six year four and year five and they were just boss you know we were teaching like 60 kids at yeah. once and they were just they were amazing so massive shout out to them um and, and thank you for being so welcoming in your school and um, what about you there's any little people yeah well he's not so little but he's young i'm gonna give a shout out to Emmett kane um who's our apprentice and he's just won apprentice of the month with cpm um and, and i made up for him because he's come on leaps and bounds in the last six months, you know. Um, and, and he wants to learn as well, which is after battle, isn't it, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so well done, Emmett, if you're watching. Yeah, and, yeah uh, well done. See if we can win it again next month. Be great. Yeah, <laughs> massive. Um, so Sandra's listening in, and she says, thank you to Des for sitting in for me this week whilst I'm down south. And then she says, go, Emmett. So Emmett's like six foot two, so even he's a young yeah. person, not a little person, is he? Um, he's not, but he, he's young. He's young enough. He just gets in the frame there for for the, uh, yeah. the young people, doesn't he? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, they're, they're all smashing it. They're all doing an amazing job. But uh, nice to be recognised. And TPM. Yeah. So Brian Quinn, who's been our co-host a few times. Yeah. Uh, he runs TPM, and it's just an amazing. They just support the students, don't they, as well? So Fabulous. massive shout Fabulous. out to TPM yeah. as well. Um, so what about you, Dave? I'm calling you Dave. I'm calling you Mano. Uh, do you know what? I'll leave it up to you. Mano's fine. Everyone okay, because I'll keep reading Mano on the screen and then I'll be calling you Dave and everyone will wonder who it is. Mano's like a football team, isn't it? So, obviously, you know, yeah, keep it Mano if you want. Okay, we'll call you yeah. Mano then. That's um, Obviously, 
just off, obviously off the cuff, really. Um, it wouldn't really be for one specific young person, but obviously keeping it, obviously, football for myself would be all, all the players, really, who are sort of getting, you know, living the dream and being released by their clubs. You know, they might have been there for, for five, six, seven years already. They might only be, you know, 12, 13, 14, whatever it is. So, you know, it becomes a time where, you know, majority of these players get released and it's a hard time for them. So, you know, just sort of thinking about them really and, you know, how they can sort of use it as a, on a positive note. And, you know, sometimes you have to have setbacks to get to where you want to go to. So, yeah, just, just, mm -hmm. just about them really. Amazing. Big shout out to all of them as well. And yeah. uh, I've been listening to the High Performance Podcast Um and there's a few, um, there's a few ex footballers and a few ex sport people who, who were on it, and um, quite a lot of them are like, you know, a bit like what you said, you know, you learn from your setbacks and from um, so what you learn from that and, and moving forward. So I'm dead excited to hear your story, but we can't hear it yet. Okay, we're <laughs> going to hear it in a bit. Um, so a success this week personally for you can be absolutely anything. Sandra's is normally that she's had her hair done. Or her nails done, or something like that, or she hasn't spilled food down the top, or something like that, you know. So these are the sort of successes that we 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 um we celebrate. So what about you, Des? Um, well, I've, I've picked up a couple of contracts this week, uh, nice. which is great, you know. Um, and I'm I'm nearly back to where I was, you know, with the cleaning company uh, after losing everything in in the first lockdown, you know. So um, I made up I made up then come through this week. So, um, so yeah, um, onwards and upwards. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Good job, good job. Um, my success is we took Lou to um for Zach Primary again. So yeah. I'm gonna give it like sort of a double shout out. And um, it's hard, isn't it? You know when they don't know what it is, and then they've seen a video, and then Dan Flesher, who's the teacher there, who's an amazing guy, um, and he was a little bit nervous about us going in because he wasn't really. And quite a few of the other staff were like, well, what's it going to be? You know, and had not sort of reservations, but they had like a little bit like, oh, what's going on? And he was like, no, it's okay. I've spoken to Helen. He said, they're going to be sound. Um, yeah. And the feedback we've had is just amazing. So oh, yeah, massive great. shout out to uh, to all the staff in um, in um, Fazakli Primary as well. So Dave, Ma success for you. I say, Mano, you haven't seen the Lou yet, have you? Seen what, mate? The Lou. No. It's L-U, check it out. Yeah, so it's an interactive playground. It's not a toilet, okay? So lots of people think like, oh, Lou, you know, it's, uh, but it's not. It's, we, I think we still have to start calling it Lumiere because uh, Lou is short for Lumiere, which is French for light. So I think we might have to start calling it Lumiere. Um, so, yeah, what's success for you this week, Mano? Um, probably too early. Um, I've just got a new coaching job at Wigan Athletic. So, <laughs> uh, I've had all the details sent to you uh, today, which you know I have to respond and you know send them back. So that was a a really good note for me, um, and also my house really. Um, I just sort of had me planning permission to go ahead with, you know, doing my house up and an extension and so on. So yeah, yes. this week, yeah, definitely. The coming threes put your lottery tickets on for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and you were on coast, so there's your third one. You were oh, on yeah, coast as well. Oh yeah, we made oh, yeah. 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 See, you go on coast, and then like you know the world's your oyster. People that, come on it. success in the city, and they just go like that. You know, they just fly. Liverpool, yeah, all kinds of coaching jobs and everything. All yeah. sorts, yeah. yeah. Whenever you want to go in the world, they'll, they'll be ringing and saying, "You know that fellow who was on your show." So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we played this or that. Okay, so I'll ask you and Des. And then Des will ask me and you, okay? And we're just going to answer them. It's just to get a little bit to know you a little bit more before we then hand it over to you for about 30-ish minutes. Um, and we're going to hear your story and where you are and what you've done and all the other stuff. And then Des and I will just chip in as we go along. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing we're going to play this or that. Des, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, go on. You go first, Alan. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask Mano first. Okay. When you're watching the match. In the deep okay, A go pizza on. or a curry. Or pizza. Oh, yeah. What about you, Des? Oh, it's got to be a pizza. Yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't have to think about eating a pizza. Yeah, curry yes. oh, that you watch the screen <laughs> and keep stuff in the ring, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to go pizza beer as well. Yeah, yeah, pizza. Yeah. Okay, go on, Des. Um, right. 
what would you rather win a Grand Prix as a Formula One driver or the Grand National as the winning jockey? Helen? Oh, oh that's tough. Um, I think the Grand National. Okay. Is it an oh, you, Mano? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd go with Helen, yeah. That most definitely, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'd go for the Grand National as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's the biggest sporting event in the world, isn't it? The Grand National. Um, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, yeah. Most most watched, isn't it? Most watched sporting yeah. event in the world. Um, so yeah, no, I think I think to, to to ride the horse and like come come in saying three with the car oh, going on, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. You can't hear nothing in the Formula One car, can you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what would you rather watch, a league game or a European game? Uh, Des. I, I suppose it would depend on where where you were in the season, you know. Um, okay. I, I, I would say league game. Would you? I would say league game, yeah. Unless yeah. unless it's in the knockout stages of Europe, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Mano? To be honest, mine would be the European nights. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them European nights, them the atmosphere, and uh, you just can't beat it. So, my yeah. again, I, I probably go with there's a little bit. It depends, you know, who you play and what stage you're in. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you know, overall, I'd, I'd go for the European nights. Yeah, yeah, I'd go European nights 100. I think the atmosphere at European nights is just like bouncing, isn't it? You know, not yeah. that they're not on, on a league game, but there's just that extra little bit. Yeah, I there's, think, a, on the there's a difference. Yeah, there is a difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's your go. Okay. Would you rather spend a month with an African tribe, you know, learning about all the culture and the cooking and that, or a month with Shaolin monks learning all about mind control and discipline and all that kind of stuff? Uh, Mano, you can go first on that. Um. I'd go with this. I can't repeat what the second one was, but it sounded good, so I'd go with the second one. <laughs> Shaolin monks. Yeah, yeah. No, to be honest, you know, you you always prefer you know go back to yourself and everything else, and I think you know that discipline and um, you know that's it's mass. It's you know it's massive in life now, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it takes yeah. new in. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that would probably be yeah most definitely yeah the monks one. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah. You, Alan. 100%. So my one of my dreams or one of my goals in life is to spend time with the Tibetan monks. And when you go up and you just sit there and you just and yeah. they just I just think to go somewhere like that. I mean an African tribe would be that cool as well, but I just think yeah. to spend the time with the monks just to be in that mindfulness yeah. and I think you'd just be I think you just come out. I think you'd walk in and, and come out a different human. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I I picked the African tribes to be honest with you. What's that? Um, yeah, because it's probably a little bit more laid back. <laughs> <laughs> and that album was just sitting around smoking all night, don't think singing songs. Yeah, that kind of me, you know. But um, but no, I'd, I'd like to learn the culture and and they like self healing. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd like to learn, learn all about the, uh, the the medicines and and stuff like yeah, that. You yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, because none of them ever seem to be sick either. No, you know? no, no. They're all in the nineties, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, John Howie's yeah. listening in, and John Howie says, "Nice legs, Manu. So he likes your legs. There you go. <laughs> don't be self-conscious <laughs> about it. Yeah. Okay. Look, don't um, show him the scars, Manu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my last one, um, Manu first, an abseil or a bungee jump. Well, to be honest, I've done both of them. I used to do a bit of that when I was younger, so... Have you? Yeah. Um, Absailing, probably. Would you? Yeah. Ooh, what about you, Des? Well, I haven't done either, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably be abseiling. You've got a little bit more control, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's why I'd pick bungee jump because I'm terrified of heights and somebody could just give me a push and I've got I haven't got to like do it and I think I'd like the abseil where you go like you know where you bounce your legs off, but then ones where they just come down the rope like oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah frightens me a bit that no. yeah 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 go on there's your last one okay. 
Last one, Helen. Would you rather be a best-selling author or have a starring, a starring role in a blockbuster movie? Um, I think I'd rather be an author. I think I'd rather be a best-selling author. Yeah, because I think that lasts forever to be able to say that your brain has created this. Whereas mm. when you're an actor, you're playing the part that somebody else has created. So I yeah. think I'd like to be able to, you know, create create something magical. And then they can make a movie out of it and play me play the, the exactly, story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Maro? Um obviously I think I think the easiest one would be obviously being in the movies and that, but um, you know, I think yeah, you know, I'd probably go with the author actually, yeah. because I, I probably couldn't write a book. So, you know, if if it went with that, I'd, I'd be you know proud of myself. So yeah, definitely the author. I think yeah, yeah. I I think I'd go with the uh, the author. Yeah, because you'd be dead famous and no one would still know you. So which is great. Yeah, but that, that's going to be you soon, though, Des, isn't it? What's that? That's I will gonna be, be you soon. soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, when you finish your book, you. <laughs> and and Mano, we'll be able to say that we knew him before he had not like, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. He'll probably ignore us then. You know me, I'll still let on. Via <laughs> via smoke signals from his then. beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, we're gonna hand it over to you, Mano. We're gonna learn about all your journey of what you do now and how you sort of got there and what's happened in your life and things like that. Um, and talk about whatever you want to talk about, and then Des and I will just chip in. We've probably got about 35 minutes, um, and, and we'll just chip in as we go along. Um, so start wherever you want to start. Um, or, Des, do you want to introduce Mano a little bit more? Because you, Yeah, to I mean, I've had, I've had Dave on my me, on me radio show the last two weeks now, and he had to come back again for the second one because it was too much to, to, uh, to, to cram in, you know. So, Dave, it might be better if you start... Right at the beginning, because you were at Liverpool, but Everton and Man United were interested as well, weren't they? You know. Yeah. Um, so I joined Liverpool. Uh, sorry, well, I went on trial at Liverpool. Uh, twelve, twelve years old I was. So I'd, I'd gone in there, and I was sort of like at a very good standard. I was a confident kid. Um, you know, if something challenged me. You know, I'd, I'd always come off the other side, you know what I mean? I, that's what I live for. And then um, I went on trial. I remember going on trial at Liverpool. And, you know, usually some kids, you know, good players go in, you know, straight away or the first couple of weeks. They're straight in there and showing how good they are. My trial went on for like six, seven weeks. Um, and to be honest, I couldn't get my head around how good he was at the time. So... These players had gone in there and, you know, I, I I was like the sort of used to being the best player, if you like. And then the, these players were just running all rings around me and I was getting frustrated and, you know, be confident wasn't there, my confidence wasn't there. So it went on and on. And then a good like six weeks had gone by and I remember going back. My mum had took me to train and I'd gone back home. And, you know, I, I was sort of arguing with my mum, if you like. She was saying, like, what are you doing? I was like, they're just, they're just too fast, and you know what I mean. I couldn't get my head around not being the best. Yeah. So I remember like losing my head a little bit, and and I sort of like punched the door, and there was just there's all like in my mum's door now. Everything just was getting the better of me at the time. So then I sort of let that out to be like went back in, got a little bit better, and then when the manager the manager said to me, he went. Um, you're going to be in the game on Sunday. It was my first match. So you'd have to get to a certain level on your trial before you got invited to play in the matches. So I was like, I was made up, do you know what I mean? Tell me more. And he went, we're playing against Everton on Sunday. So I was like, oh my God, I couldn't take it, do you know what I mean? So I got this like buzz and like, you know what I mean? And I, and, and I remember getting told in the week and I just couldn't really like get my head off this game on Sunday. So... Even though I still wasn't performing great, do you know what I mean? And I remember the manager said to me when we went, listen, you know, I want to put him in because I've seen something in him in training. Um, and I know he's got 10 times more than what he's doing. But he'd seen something in me, do you know what I mean? So Robbie Johnson, the coach, he's at Everton now. He's a, he's a coach at the Everton Academy. He said, um, so I went there on, on the Sunday. 
we had a match against against Everton. I was subbed to start with. So um I remember I remember them saying like, you know, set the starting team, they've gone on. They were losing three one at half time. And I remember in the first half, he's walking up and down the touchline, the manager, and I'm literally behind him, just following him. Because I knew in the back of my head, I, was just, I knew, you know, when you just know. I just I was just waiting. I was like in my head, I felt like shouting at him, going, get me on the pitch. <laughs> just knew. And um I didn't feel like nervous or nothing. I just knew, like, choose you, get me on that pitch. You know what I mean? So I'm following, and, and I remember him turning around and saying to me, like, I know I know you want to get on, just, you know, just relax, you get on a lot time. So I remember, like, a probably, like, young kid, I don't even think I laughed at his joke or nothing, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and then he went, half time come, we had a bit of a team talk, and um, we're losing 3 1. So I'm like, Mano, you're on, centre mid. So I like, got on there, and literally, like, all the games I've played over the years, probably the top game what I've ever played, you know what I mean? And I've played some good games, obviously. So I've gone on there and literally everything within the half of a game just come together. And I've gone from this like nervous training and, you know, thinking about everything to like just literally roaring on everyone like I was the best player on the pitch. So then the ball's come to me, been on probably 10 minutes, ball's come to me and I was always like a two-footed player. So I was always comfortable with, you know, exactly the same with both feet, really. So the ball's come and, you know, about, you're talking like 25 yards or something. I've hit it in the top corner, right? So obviously all the lads are all over being made up, you know what I mean? And and probably about, what what was it? Another probably 10 minutes, I'd say. Ball's come to me, yeah. And I'm not just scoring goals, I'm running the show, do you know what I mean? Ball's come to me, other foot, 25 yards out the same, left foot, bang, top in. So like... I'm like, I felt like, you know, I felt like I was back, do you know what I mean? And, you know, it's it's, it's three all. My mum said to me before the game, she went, listen, your first game, I'll give you 50 quid a goal. 50 oh, quid stupid. You know, 36 now, you're talking 24 years ago. You know, yeah, it was, yeah. so uh, my mum's my shouting, like, buzzing and all that, obviously. Uh, so, you know, scored left foot, top in, right foot, top in, and I uh, got 100 quid as well, do you know what I mean? Nice. So um, I come off the pitch. Um, obviously, my uncle there, our John. Des knows our John and the family, don't you, Des? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's all there, and you know, my mum and all that. So the manager's come over saying, like, I knew you had it in yet. So I've gone away. Um, obviously, we're playing Everton. Um, went into t- sorry, that was on the Sunday. So the Monday, I've had a phone call off Everton. Um, the fellas phoned my mum and said, listen. Have you signed at Liverpool yet? And my mum said, no, they haven't said nothing. So Evan said, listen, come down to Belfield. That's where he was at the time, near the academy. Yeah, yeah. Have a look around. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, I just wanted Liverpool, Liverpool, you know what I mean? I was obsessed, Liverpool, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. So Liverpool hadn't said nothing. So it got to like, I think a couple of days later, I went down to Belfield. They showed me around and they said, listen, you were unbelievable on Sunday. We want it. We don't want a trial yet. We want to offer you the contract now. So I was like, well, I need to like ask Liverpool and blah, blah. So they've offered me this contract. So then went into Liverpool on, like I think it was the Thursday training again, the Tuesday and the Thursday. And uh, he said, listen, there's a game Sunday. You're playing into Man United. So I was like, OK. They hadn't said nothing about signing. So when I played against Man United, um, I can't remember the score. I think it might have even been, been 0-0 or 1-1 maybe, but I didn't score. But again, I was man of the match. Right, and I played the full game. So, anyway, he went into training on the Tuesday, and Liverpool never said nothing. So, like, I'm thinking, oh my God, you want to sign me or not? But then Man United phoned me and said, Listen, have you signed? My mum said, No. Come down to the cliff. So, I went down to the cliff in that week, and he went, Listen, you know, we've seen you play, you were brilliant, uh, best player on the pitch, we want to offer you the contract. And I said, Okay, Everton have offered me one. Liverpool haven't said nothing. And he said, listen, sign it now. We'll speak to Liverpool. And all the academy teams, including your age, is going to Dallas in America on Monday. You can go there. I'm only 12. You know what I mean? It's massive. Wow. So I'm sitting there and um, there's a Wilf, Wilf McGuinness. Some like, it was like an older man and he was the he was a, um, the, the dad of the academy manager. He's a bit of a legend at, at Man United. He just sort of come over to me and whispered in me and he went, 
listen, he's like an Irish one. He went, listen, son, he went, if you sign here or you don't, I'll give you a little bit of advice. He went, you never know who's watching. And he just sort of like walked out the room. And I'll be dead honest with you, right? but even when I'm coaching today, I've only probably got two or three phrase, phrases what I use. What I've, what like, you know, because you have, you have all your own knowledge, don't you? You do yeah. your own but you only pick up two or three things and, and, and I've constantly used them throughout. You forget where, you know what I mean? You're just using it every day. But when you yeah. get right back, that was one of them. And I always remember, he just got up and he walked out, walked out the room from an older man. I didn't even know who he was. didn't know he was a legend and everything else. So um, so we'll come away. You know, they've said about this. So I went into training at Liverpool and um, Steve Irish walked past me and he went, you know, congratulations, uh, made up, you know, you've been doing great, made up your side. And my mum's, we were walking in the changes and my mum said, no, we haven't signed nothing. And he went, what do you mean? So literally within 10 seconds, he dragged me to the office. He's shouting at the coach saying, I told you to get him done. And he went, well, I didn't know when you wanted to do it. And within about two minutes, Man United, Dallas, everything, all these things had gone out. You don't even care, do yeah. you? Yeah. And, and I went, bang, signed it. And I never looked back. So, wow. I mean? so were you still in school then? Yeah, I was in school. Um, yeah, I was in school, but we had this conversation, Des, didn't we? I yeah. didn't really... I had a little bit of a little bit of a hard time in school. Um, so I, I, I didn't really go to school much. You just wanted to play footy. Um, yeah. I had a, I, so what happened from there, Helen, was um, <clears throat> I had a little bit of like family troubles at the time. Yeah. Um, and like my mum and dad splitting up and it wasn't like just the normal one. It was... Sort of like he was there and they haven't seen him since, you know what I mean? So it was a hard yeah. time. You know, I was always fighting and I was in a lot of trouble and, you know, and if it wasn't at Liverpool, I probably would have went down the wrong road. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Liverpool took over my education. It got me in training uh, with, you know, 13 onwards all the way through and, you know, took over my education. So I was quite lucky in that sense where... They, they, it was Steve Irie really because he knew what I was going through as a young kid, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting sent off a lot. Um, but I was, I, me- I remember, funny enough, I remember Tim Devine as the education fellow. I went to see him at the academy probably only 18 months ago, and he had a couple of words with him. And he, he's the welfare officer and he looks at everything. And he went, Mano, he went, I'll tell you now, he went, even since like he's been there for 20 years, he went, I haven't come across an individual like you. And I went, what do you mean? He went, you had all this sort of trouble going on and your head was everywhere and you were blah, blah, blah. He said, but as soon as you went over that white line, he said, you sort of like turned it all into like positive energy, if you get what I mean, and let it all yeah, out. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laughing about it, he went, because we had some hard times. And, you know, at the time, um, you know, they must have been, you know, if I'm, I'm 13, 14, 15 even, you probably got like two or three hundred kids in the academy, and I was the only kid in the whole academy who had like a counselor. So we had to right. come to, to the academy, <laughs> and all the lads used to laugh, like because they, obviously they weren't allowed to know what he was. So they, they come in and this this guy used to come in with the tie and all that, and he was like, <laughs> like the best player. They were like, "How's oh, that your agent? Is it man? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." Because <laughs> um, it was obviously private thing so the, the Liverpool said like you know keep it whatever but yeah he used to come in I can't remember I think it might have been one or two days a week and I'd have like an hour or two with him um, and you know it, it helped me at the time uh, but I think me football maybe that was why it was so good because I put it all I had to have that football to let everything off I mean, and, yeah, yeah. it's uh, like a release isn't it a release of all your emotions and and something that you and people like reinforcing that you know, that positive reinforcement when you're doing something well makes yeah. you carry on doesn't it you know so it doesn't matter what's happening on because when i'm on the pitch i'm really good and there's yeah. lots of people isn't there who struggle um and i think now you know i was listening to tyrone mings today and he, he had sort of you know similar issues when he was younger and stuff and yeah. he, he has a counselor and i say you know sports therapist who, who, who he speaks to now before every single game um, and he said, you know, yeah, and he, it was when he had his injury and stuff. And he said, you know, if he didn't have that person there to talk about and stuff like that, um, you know. So I think it's like dead important, especially with mental health and, and mindfulness and stuff like that at the moment. For, for, for guys, you know, especially like you, you know, who's been in a football and environment to talk openly about it and say to all these young people, you know, it's uh, 
Massive. But Phil Mylot's listening. He says a fabulous kid and attitude there from LFC. And going back all those years, that's, you know, it sort of wasn't as um, sort of high profile as it is now, is it? Like mental health and stuff like that. No, but, but you know what? It also shows me the lengths a club will go to when you know yeah. they've got a good player on their hands. You know? 100%. Yeah, they don't want him to go anywhere. Do... But isn't it funny oh, how, like, you know, that, that little thing, you know, we didn't know when to sign him. And you could have like signed for Everton or United, but only that oh, you were yeah. a massive Liverpool fan. You, you sort of went, Oh, I'm gonna I need to play for me dream, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah absolutely. And the massive clubs aren't they? like you know, Man United, yeah. Man United at the yeah, time, yeah. you know, the boss facilities, and you know, like I said, going to Dallas, and you know, that was just like second nature for that club at the time. Um, I think Liverpool were in a little bit of a transition period where we were training at Melwood. Um, it was all like porter cabins and everything while the academy yeah. was getting built. This, I think it was like 50 million pound academy, whatever you paid for it. So it was in a little bit of a transition period. And Man United was this massive club, they yeah. really to Dallas a couple of times a year, or you know what I mean. And they were obviously for me to sign, but and obviously, I'm never going to sign for everything anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so and but obviously, as soon as you Liverpool want to sign, yeah, it's like. Don't forget, it, it wasn't plain sailing as well, by the way. Like I said, mm-hmm. on the trial, yeah. I couldn't get my head around, like, I couldn't get my head around, like, how good he was. Do you understand what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Very, like, I was quite an aggressive player as well. And, you know, it was loads of, like, egos, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. they talk too to much, you know what I mean? I, I tried to hard to settle in at, at the beginning, but, um, but obviously, next minute, I remember that Everton game, and I remember not even thinking nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it just you know, don't you? You just know when you're thinking mm-hmm. about everything. You know, you're not in a great place when you just yeah. you just go oh, get me on the. You're pitch. in the flow, aren't you? You're just in the flow, mm-hmm. and you're in the you're zone, not, and off you go, oh, don't you? No one's getting past you, then, off. Which uh, is amazing. On there onwards, it, it was when when it, to say it was a whirlwind. I wouldn't say it was a whirlwind. Like you know, Des asked me a few questions the other day. You know, I'm 16 and. I'm training with Stephen Gerrard. I'm 15, you know, putting a suit on and going travelling the way of England. You know, and Rooney's, you know, and rooming, rooming with Wayne Rooney and, you know, all stuff like that. But, you know, you you, you don't really, you just take it in your stride. My yeah. aim was every game, every training, I thought I was the best. And that's yeah. what you have to have, that mentality. So, yeah. someone wanted to play football. And, and get on the ball. It was like a passing game. It was a technical game. I was the best passer. Do you know what I mean? That was my game. And if someone come up against the player who was good, and I started, he started getting a little bit aggressive. That's where I'd come into my own as well. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, what way do you want to play? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he is a midfielder. So uh, the only time I'd ever, and I, and I mentioned that with Des on the radio a couple of days ago, that I'd come across a player who was better than me from my own age if you like in in england was when i went away with england and it was wayne rooney yeah. so me and wayne when we were in our england team we were like the we were like the in england we were the year younger do you know what i mean so we were what it is in in your school year it's it's september to september isn't it yeah. and when you play for your international uh, teams and and other countries it's january to january so we were like the older ones in our year so we were, we were like the only two who'd go and play for England, but they were all like the year, young ones from the year above. So yeah. even though we didn't play the year above in school years, we sort of did. Yeah, so yeah. He was like, you know, we, we were arguably the two best players in the, even though we were the two youngest. Um, and, I, and I remember going in and I'd never, I was always the strongest, always like the, the most aggressive and the, the best on everything. And when I went, when I, I'd never actually played against Wayne because. We used to always like I played five years above. He played two, and then he played five years, and I played one. We'd never ever yeah. played against each other. So when we went away with England, he'd obviously heard loads about me. I heard loads about him, and you know, I remember the first training. You know, you go into training, you're the best every time. And I went for like a shoulder patch with him, right? And I went flying, and no <laughs> ever ever done it to me ever. And the whole training, I was trying to get him back, and and I couldn't. And it was the first time where I was like, I, I'm not used, to, I wasn't used to it, and and I remember it, and he was like stronger than me, faster than me, better on the ball. He was just like a freak of nature, really. I'd never ever come across it, 
and you know you're playing against all the top players yeah uh, you know what i mean but he was like a, a freak of nature really so that was when that was sort of when it all started happening at 15 16 it was like you know i was i think i was 14 playing in the youth team which was the under 18s um we got to the semi-final that year i think we got beat by blackburn uh, they went on to win it so um i was i was playing obviously playing well above my age um i had like a big contract um i think i might i think i had my scholarship at that age 14 you know what i mean i was playing for england um you know we were traveling the world with england to play against the likes of ronaldo and you know big big wow. play who's the uh, best person you've played against or, or who's the who's the, who's the sort of one that i think yeah who ronaldo ronaldo just, yeah most definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we uh, yeah I was going to say then. Then you had a bad injury, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so that, that that was a little bit after the day. So at the time, obviously, you know, I'm playing for Liverpool. Uh, you know, I'm playing well above me age. I got to 15. I was 14 in the youth team until the under 18s, the, the youth cup. Got yeah. to the semi. Then I was 15, and I got put in the reserve team. And uh, you know, the reserves back then was players who were not actually playing in the first team so yeah. they were big you know so i went i went there and i got put in the squad and i'll, I'll tell you how i got put in the squad in a minute but um so anyway it turned up i'm 15 and the youngest player ever to play for the reserves and i've gone there and they've started me in the game so they've got all wow. these players i think like you know all the i'd say like eight of the starting 11 was all like proper first team players and i'm this 15 year old started me and how that come about was a uh, because i was playing so above myself you had like say seventeen and eighteen year olds, like the top players playing in the reserves. But obviously, I played a lot with them. So yeah. he, he started putting these reserve players, like the 17, 18 year olds, in the reserves. And I'm I'm like just turned fifteen. So I remember going to the the coach, Dave Shannon, who's a bit of a legend there. He's like this under seventeen, eighteen coach. And I've knocked on his door, dead serious. I've gone, listen, you know, why are they in the reserves and I'm not? And he's gone, man. I'm you mentioned you know game 15 i went i don't care i'm better than this. i want to be in that reserves so he oh he sort of went man oh you've got years and years to do that so, in other words go away so i was like dead set out that like i seen it as like an insult that day in it and i'm not so um i think about two weeks later um he's put the sheet out for the reserves i'm all, i'm in this i'm in the squads so i think he's obviously gone to the office with steve i went listen Man, always tell me he wants to be in the squad, yeah. And he's probably going, do you know what? Let's just put him in it. Let's do Stick it. Stick him in, yeah. yeah. I went in there and I actually started. I thought they'd give me 10 minutes, but I played 80. I remember it now. I played eight, eight, eight minutes. Wow. So I nearly a full game. Um, and I was, you know, obviously, but um, going on from there, obviously, a year later, um, well, yeah, 18 months later, my injuries come. Um, I had in the injury. I went away with England. I had a bad knee. We got to the semi-final of the European Cup, and Switzerland beat us. Uh, Senderos, who played for Arsenal, the centre half, he, he was the captain of, of Switzerland, and they won it. It was in Denmark. So I come back from there. I had a bit of a, a stiff knee, if you like, and I remember playing a, a pre game against Ipswich, only for my own age, because I'd missed a couple of weeks for being away and blah blah. Yeah. And um, I went in for this tackle with the goalkeeper and, and the right-back as well, like three of us in the tackle. And I'd done my knee. And next minute, I never kicked the ball for three years. So wow. I had six operations. Um, I got told by a couple of surgeons in England that, you know, nobody in England can fix the knee. Uh, you won't play football again. And then Liverpool sent me over to Colorado in America to, to see this Dr. Stedman. He was, like, world-renowned. Um, so I went in there. I went over and you know my mum I think before I was 18 so my mum had to come with me and um they Dr Stedman come in and you know you don't don't forget you if you picture it now you you're going into this like um like a mini hospital if you like yeah and it's on the cliffs on the snow it's, it's like you've, you've never seen anything like it you know what I mean you walk in thinking oh my god this is like the proper place yeah. and I, I went into his office and he had all pictures and or like, you know, like signed shirts of people like, you know, thanks for the miracle, what you've done to me. And 
you know what I mean? And, and I'd already had four operations by then. So I was getting told I'd never played football. And, you know, my confidence was rock bottom. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, yeah. I thought he was going to say, because I'd read all these pictures and everything in this massive office, I thought he was going to say, listen, you know, you'll be back in a couple of months. I'll, I'll fix mm-hmm. it. But he come in, he went, listen, he went, I've never seen an, an, a thing was 18, 17, 18. I've never seen the kid's knee as bad as yours at your age. He said, so I'm going to give you a one-year rehab after it. He said, and if you do everything to, to, to the to the max, what you'll have to do, there's still a 60, 40, or well, sorry, a 40% chance that you won't play football again. So it was hard, you know what I mean? I was, oh, 100%. Sitting there with half clients, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. What, am, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I've been told by loads of seasons I couldn't play football again. You know, and and, I, and obviously I was flying in my football, so it's the only thing I really had, you know what I mean? So um, I'm sitting there and, you know, we had the offer, I had the mate, called it a micro on my knee. But, and I had, like, the NG was called the condo defect. So i done that, done the years rehab, but, and, 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 I, and I, I probably admit the years rehab, what I've done is probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life sticking to that routine um i had like a a, a machine i mean me me had to like literally stay on the machine for, for 12 hours a day wow so i'd wake mm-hmm. up in the morning you know and you're sitting in the same place for like 12 hours i wasn't allowed to put me knee on the my foot on the floor and this machine was like a big massive machine if you like just literally move my leg to like a right angle and move yeah. it back down and I had to do it for eight weeks. And if I'm being honest, you know, mentally at that age when all my mates are like, yeah, they're yeah. playing games first team, then lads who were below me, they're getting like Carlin Cup games and everything else. And I'm on this machine eight hours a day, knowing in my head that, like, if I do all this, I might still never play football again. And yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say mentally, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I come back to that anyway. I, I've done three years. You know, the, the final year, 18 months, was the really hard, intense, uh, you know, rehab, if you like. So then I come back and um, I come back after two years and he was saying to me, you know, you might have to go back to the academy to get your fitness. I was at Melwood at the time. Go and get your fitness at the academy. Um, and then obviously come back and see how you do. Even being honest, they probably ripped me off a little bit, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I come back after this thing, you started saying that Melwood, you've got to just see how it was going. But I was like, I was a brand new player. And I remember Gerard Uli took me up to the first team and the reserves at like 15, 16. This was like I was 18, 19 even. Um, and Rafa Benisa said to me, he said, um, you know, I've heard loads about you. You're like a brand new signing. You're, you're not going back to the academy. You know, you're doing great. And I got a new contract. So said, well, within like six, eight months, I got a new contract, a new three-year deal. Wow. My squad number back, number 38. With the, with the first team, so I was made up, do you know what I mean? I was like running on adrenaline, I was back yeah. and I was playing, I went on and played like I think a hundred and odd games in the reserves then um, and I was training with the first team and I was flying so that was when obviously, I'll go into it in a minute, but that's obviously when I went to Istanbul and uh, you know, travelling with the first team um, and, and little things like Dev, Des mentioned the other day, you go into the match and you're reading the programme and your name's on the back of the programme. Yeah, yeah, that must be special, though. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's, you're getting little write-ups. Um, and, and even though my name was right at the bottom because it's like the youngest player, and the, you know, it, it was it was good for me. And I've still got all, obviously, all the um, programmes in, in my mum's house. So, you know, that was brilliant. Everything was great again. I even got back in the England squad. And I remember going there and the... There's a player called Wayne Routledge who played for like Fulham, played yeah, in the yeah. player's career. And Wayne went to me, oh my God, where, where, have, you been, where have you been hiding? I'd, I'd, I'd missed like three years and I got back in the England under-20s. Um, we played at Huddersfield's ground against uh, Holland and we won 1-0. So I was, I was like back, like this new brand new player again. Um, so I, I had my contact, I had everything going, you know, we had, I had my agents and everything else. And then 15 months later, uh, I broke my leg. Oh. And it was literally, people go on about my knee and everything else. And my knee would obviously catch up with me in the end, obviously. But that broken leg, it was a bad break. I was out for 15 months with it. 
you're talking four and a half years. I wasn't even yeah. like, you know what I mean? And then um, that was really like, that was the time where I tried so hard. I got myself back to that. I'd live in that dream again. And just to take get it fucking off, taken off you like yeah, that. Yeah. It was literally like, it was hard to take, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. but obviously, before that, I was missing out a little bit. But uh, before that, obviously, I went to Istanbul. Um, mm. Travelled with the first team. Um, you know, Rafa Benitez took a couple of the young lads within the squad, put me in it. Uh, and, and you know what? As I went over with this, it's probably arguably the best final you're ever, ever going to see in your life. Yeah. Um, so just to be involved and be around it and, you know, have a meal and before the match, be on the podium, do the lap of honour, being in the changes after it, being in the party, you know, being all over the pitches. Some of the pitches you can literally see me more than Gerard on them. Which is great. There's a thought about that today. Yeah. One of I mean it's one of the greatest sporting events, um, probably that's ever going to be spoken about, is it? So I want to talk about quickly because we've got about like four to four or five minutes left of like um but it's like too exciting, so we might just extend it a little bit to ten minutes and then throw the last bits in. Um so you had your Liverpool career sort of thing, and then um what you do how did you come out of um you know, so you weren't playing, you broke your leg, and then you transition into coaching. So I went on and I'll do it quickly, but I went on and played football after that. So I literally come back with my broken leg. Went on went on um on loan to Rackington uh, in League Two. Uh, Stephen Gerrard saw his mate John Coleman, he said to me, Go to Rackington, get a couple of games. So I literally went there in League Two, uh, played my first match, got man on a match. Got in like the newspaper the next day, League Two team of the week. Yeah. And I remember after the game saying to the physio, not me bad knee, me other knee. I went a little bit stiff. And the next morning I woke up, phone Liverpool, and I went, Listen, I can't move this knee. He went, come in, went in. I'd only done my cartilage on my other knee. And I had to have another operation. And I was out for three months with it. And it, it literally like one after another. You, you couldn't yeah. even like you couldn't even like write it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, um, anyway, went to know a team from Norway come in, wanted to buy me and offered me a three-year contract. So I went over there for two years. Uh, loved it over there. You know, great yeah. country, different style of football. Got promotion to the to the Premier League over there. Um, and then when I come back, I signed for Atkinson, Stanley, and I went on to Chester City in League Two. I was about 25, 26 then. Uh, I had to retire with my knee. Uh, my knee was like, I couldn't train. I was playing matches and I had to retire. When I retired, I went into a little bit of semi-pro football, um, which I love, by the way. Uh, when I say I loved it, I'd, I'd let go of the dream. Yeah. yeah. The big thing. And people talk about my career, and literally my career is literally like two halves. It's yeah. the one you live in the dream and whatever. The potential is massive. And, you know, agents are giving you mum cars and giving you mum 20 grand checks and everything else. Um, and then you've got the other half where... He let go of the dream, and I just enjoyed playing a little bit of. I was never that. I was a good player at that level, but I was never as good as I was, and I just enjoyed it. We went on a little bit of an FA Cup run with Warrington Town. He made a little bit of history, and it was all over the BBC. That was all great. Um, yeah. At the on the side of all that, I done my coaching badges with the FA. Um, so I went and done like my level two, my way for B, my way for A, done all my youth modules, um, and I was made up. I done it because, you know. Not it's the next best thing to playing football, isn't it? Being involved. Uh, yeah. So do best. you coach little ones now, or what age groups do you? Yes, yeah, so I've got my own academy, uh, Platinum yeah. Football Academy. We have as young as like four or five year olds, uh, right up to like fourteen at the minute, fourteen, fifteen year olds. Um, we did have an international academy, which was like an under twenty three team, and you know we had players from all around the world. Uh, you know Phil Mylot um, was the the nutritionist. Yeah. We had. Clive Cook, who was this uh, sports psychologist, you know, because I'd learned all that being in yeah. that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be yeah. all around the world, Australia, America, Albania, Portugal, everywhere. It was brilliant. So I'd done that for wow. five years. Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, done a little bit of coaching at Liverpool as well. Obviously, like I said, done my badges. Um, and then over the last couple of years, it, it, I've been doing my own coaching, but just really been focusing on my two boys because they're both at Blackpool now and you know, they're in the Liverpool school boys and, you know, I just don't want to miss any of their football, do you know what I mean? And 
you know, but it's come to a point now where I, I went in for a job at Wigan Athletic um, and he took me down for an interview, uh, done a practical session, done really well, to be fair, all the kids were, were made up with the session and they gave me the job. So I'll be starting there as well as obviously my own academy stuff and, um, in, in July and I'll also be managing the Liverpool schoolboy under 14s, which my older boy Shea plays for. So it's really like coming out of the if you like coming through that football yeah. with all college, you know, I've probably been at every single level of football. Do you know what I mean? I've been told I've never played football again, but told I was the best player in England. You know, mm. so really now it's taken all that, all that knowledge and all that like, you know, life experience within football and, you know, giving it to the, the kids who can help and push them on the own two boys and you know, that that's what mm. that's what my I feel like my job is now. Mano, would you like to manage one day or are you just happy with the coaching? Oh, I de most definitely would, Des, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I never mentioned, but in the lower leagues, Glossop North Ends, um, they've got like the likes of Marine in, the, in our league and stuff like that. Yeah. I was just there last year and um, you get it. I learned a lot last year, even though it's at a low, lower level. I learned a lot of like, uh, there's a big difference between a manager and a coach. Yeah. Like, I'm very good at I feel like I'm my best thing's my coaching at the moment. But as yeah. I grow a little bit more and I think I will def most definitely go into the man yeah. the management side, yeah. That's what me. Yeah. Definitely and I think management's different. Sorry, there's ma management slightly different now, isn't it? Because management now is about you've got to talk about formations and like that, but it's also about the player. Um and you know how to how to speak to say different you know man, abilities man, man, and man management and stuff yeah. and you look at the journey that you've been on you know from virtually absolutely everything that could have happened could have so yeah. you become relatable so when somebody's talking to you I think sometimes when you've been there or you've felt it or you've lived it yeah. people will be a little bit more like oh he's not just blagging me yeah. or he's, he's not just yeah. giving me this talk because yeah. you can give like those experiences from your heart and say no this is what happened and i, I, I think that it makes it more credible doesn't it as, as a manager i would say yeah well, you're right Simon. yeah because you get respect right away as well don't you you know once you once you've walked the walk like you know well i, I, I was at a, when i said that my little boy shay played in steverton a few weeks ago when um my first manager at Liverpool, when I said he's at Everton now, Robbie Johnson, the one who said he'd seen something in me, but it was rubbish in me trials at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only four weeks ago, uh, we played Liverpool school, but he's played into Everton. And he said, Robbie said to me, like, man, oh, he went, how come you're here? He went, I said, oh, my little boy's playing for this. And he went, Shay. And he went, what's his name? He said, Shay. He said, Shay, come over here. Right, so all this Liverpool school boy players are next to him. And they, that's the team I'm going to be managing next year, don't forget. Mm -hmm. So Bobby Johnson went to, oh, what position are you? He went, oh, I'm a number nine striker, blah, blah. And he went, you know your dad? And he went, yeah. He went, at your age, he was better than Steven Gerrard. So wow. Ashe started laughing. And Robbie went, nah, I wouldn't be laughing, mate. He was like that. Because Ashe like, has a laugh with me, saying, like, oh, I'm well better than you. Don't we have a laugh in that? And um, all the schoolboy mates are there. And he goes back in. Ashe takes everything in the start. But I know for a fact, for a coach at Everton to say that about your dad, yeah, yeah, he must have felt that. Oh, you'd be walking tall, wouldn't you? Be walking massive, wouldn't yeah. you? Like, oh, and, you know, of course you would. And 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 again, it's like, you know, his little mates are looking around and thinking, oh, you know, yeah. we're with somebody who's who's a successful player and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, Everton, um, Everton phoned the schoolboy manager the, the next day. You know about Shay anyway. He's, he's contacted that Blackpool, but he phoned him asking about and like saying he's the best player on the pitch. So. It might have done a little bit, give him a little a ten percent extra, mightn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How do you feel watching? You know, um, for sort of like watching watching your boys now, um, going through the sort of journey that you went through. It, do you know what? It's it's probably the best the, the best thing ever. It's literally like every kick what they make. It's yeah. I I do it. I do it in my head. Yeah, <laughs> and like. Sometimes I don't have to say much to them now. They've got their own style of play, and mm. I've been their coach all the way through since they were like two or one or whatever. Yeah. So now, I, 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 only sometimes I like I whistle them a little whistle on the pitch, and I'll just give them a little look to say, "Don't do that again. Get get on it." Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I let them work it out themselves a lot, um, and you know they're, they're both flying, made up with them. 
brilliant. Made up for them. Amazing. I think we could talk, as Des said, like for 43 hours, I think, good no, like, no. and still not cover it all. <laughs> and I definitely think you should write a book, Mano. I definitely 100% it. I think I'll lots of people are buying I think we need to find a, a write it. Yeah, Des, you can write the, you can write the book uh, on, on his behalf. Yeah. You know. I can't. Yeah. Not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it together, Mano. Yeah. Do it together, yeah. You you can you can talk it and Des will write it, yeah. Um should we do have like a little bit of a format? So I'm gonna quickly, quickly move on. Um, but an amazing story and uh, you know, nice. wish you and the yeah. boys like you know the most success in uh, and I think you a hundred percent of it. Um a bit of luck, you know, and, and and to go forward now. Um so shout out to the grown-ups, any grown-ups who've been amazing. Um so Des any grown-ups. Well, I was thinking about this one. And my grown-up this week is going to be Jürgen Klopp. Um, Liverpool had a brilliant season this season. Um, it obviously ends on Saturday in the Champions League final. But he's just galvanised the club since he's been here for the last five years, you know. And it, everything that's happened is down to him, to be honest. Um, so, so I'm putting him up there with Shankly and Paisley now. Um I, I, I think that much of him, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about my management. I think he's brilliant, you know. So the growing up for me this week is Jürgen Klopp. I'm best it's of luck on that. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Mano? Any growing ups? Um, do you know what? Right for the first time on the show, I'm probably struggling to talk a little bit here. <laughs> Let me have a little think. Um, you might have to come back to me on that one, Helen. Give me a couple. All right. Minutes. Okay, um, so I'm I'm going to give a shout out to um Dan Dan Flesher from uh, Fazakli Primary who yeah. um got us in, but was amazing and and just looked after us really well and you know sorted everything out and um, it's nice when you see a teacher who's invested massively in the kids. Um, you know, they, they, they just love them, and we put them to we put two of the teachers on a game where they have to throw the ball at the target, and uh, the kids there was like sixty kids going crazy. They must have been able to wear us forever, um, yeah. and uh, it's lovely when the kids are like that sort of invested in their teachers, isn't it? You know, it was just like a really good relationship. You know, well, and you're really right about that, and it's easy to see there's a genuineness about it, isn't it? You, you can't you can't blag kids, can you? No, you can't no, blag kids, no. you know what I mean? You, you, you can see their reaction and yeah, they, they would, it, it was a genuine warmth, warmth towards him and a genuine yeah. warmth from him towards his kids. And Fantastic. and it's great. And, and you know, when you see coaches and you know, people in sports and, and everything like that, when they're invested in kids and kids give them that back, it's just mm. it's it's amazing to see. It's amazing to see. Yeah, I've probably got two there actually. Um just off the top like obviously I said I got my own academy with platinum. Um, and we sort of like right hand man, if you like, and the other coach who we sort of like there through the snow and everything with me, Sal. Um, Sal's like one of these sort of coaches who's got loads of energy. If you meet him, you'll remember him forever, you know what I mean? Everyone's got a great way to say about him. Yeah. Um, and every time you speak to him, it's always like he doesn't want praise for himself, it's always like man oh man oh man oh. Do you understand what I mean? He's like one of them, he's, he's like. He's everyone's yeah. best mate. He's you know he's got loads yeah. of bosses and all that. So yeah, big shout out to Sal and um, and also the the platinum secretary Alison who's gone through a little bit of a hard time at the moment. Um, a mum's in hospital. So uh, and the job what she does for the kids and you know keeping things on the straight and narrow with, with with everything else. You know she's great. So Sal and Alison, yeah. There you go, big shout out to them. Um, yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to Fran McNichol as well. So Fran McNichol was one of our guests. So she's yeah. a surgeon. Um, she's an author. She you know she's written a book. She's actually trekking across Mongolia on a horse. Um, yeah. And um, she's done something. Oh, they, they've done absolutely. I think she's seventy kilometers away from somewhere. I'd read it, but we're sharing a um, journey on success in the city, so you can follow her oh, journey. Cool. But um, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a thing oh, yeah, to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Um, so, Mano, have you got a positive challenge that we can set for people? So, just a little, sometimes we've had some, like, which is smile at a stranger, we've had bake a cake for the neighbour, anything like that. A little positive challenge that people can go away with and work on this week. Um, well, I've, I've got one right, and um, that's off the top of my head now. And, you know, I've, I know I know people go, you know, social media is really good, isn't it? For, for a lot of things um you know instagram facebook you, you know you see everything's you know really good 
Um, and, you know, what I would sort of say is, could people have, you know, maybe one week off social media and look to, you know, uh, replace it with something positive, if that, if that means getting a bit more exercise in, if that means, you know, getting your dog out a little bit more or, you know, or even like, you might go as far as learning the language or whatever it may be. Um, you know, can people come away from social media for the week? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's a great show. Have a little social that's media detox. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to say a massive, massive thank you for, for giving your time um, and your stories, like inspirational to a lot of people of like in your resilience is like seconds and on um i want to say a massive massive thank you to des and um, for stepping in for scotty this week i think we're gonna have De um, dave back when um scotty's in here because uh, that'll be hilarious um, oh, so, <laughs> so i want to say a massive thank you to you both but man i'm gonna do you have a positive quote or a little mantra that you sort of like live by every day to close the show with um, See, I've badly put him on the spot again. I haven't actually, and I'm going to go back to the one where I heard that Man United, and it doesn't have to be just in football, but you never know who's watching. That's nice. Yeah, that's I think a that's a great one. It's a it great is. one. So, yeah. massive thank you to everyone. Scotty will be back next week. Thank you to Des. Thank you to Mano. And we'll see you yeah. all next week. Thanks very much, Alan. Thanks, Mano. See you, mate. Good. See you later. Bye.